our first purpose is worship. And worship is all about loving God. Then our second purpose is fellowship. And fellowship is all about loving God's family. If you would look at, at uh, 1 John 4.21 with me and listen to what the Bible says. It says this. It says, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God, which is worship, must also love their brother and sister, which is fellowship. If we say that we love God, then we must also love God's family. And there are three levels of fellowship this morning that I want us to explore. And the first level of fellowship is what's called membership. And that's choosing to belong. That's the most basic level. One of the neat things about God is that he gives us the freedom to choose. He gives us the freedom of choice. Yes, God desires that we would make the good and wise decision to be a part of his family. But it is still a choice. You and I have to choose to belong to the family of God. And what that means is that you find a church family, and then you choose to connect to it. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 says. It says this. It says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. And listen carefully to what it says next. And members of the household of God. Fellowship is membership or choosing to belong. Choosing to belong to the household or to the family of God. And I hear people say sometimes, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be a part of any church. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. It's like saying, I'm a football player, but I don't want to be a part of any football team. It's like saying, I'm a tuba player, but I don't want to be a part of any orchestra. It's like saying, I'm a soldier, but I don't want to be a part of any platoon. It doesn't make sense. A Christian without a church family is an orphan. God meant for us to be a part of the family of God, a church family. Yes, sometimes there are judgmental and critical people in the church. Yes, sometimes there's hypocritical behavior in the church. Yes, sometimes... There are church scandals that make the news headlines. But even then, I still believe that the local church is the hope for our world. I love what Bill Hybels, a pastor in Chicago, says about the local church. Listen to what he says. He says, there is nothing like the local church when it's working right. Its beauty is indescribable. Its power is breathtaking. Its potential is unlimited. It comforts the grieving and heals the broken in the context of community. It builds bridges to seekers and offers truth to the confused. 
It provides resources to those in need and opens its arms to the forgotten, the downtrodden, the disillusioned. It breaks the chains of addictions, frees the oppressed, and offers belonging to the marginalized of this world. Whatever the capacity for human suffering, the church, the local church, has a greater capacity for healing and wholeness. And what fellowship says is, I know that in the, ch in the church, it's filled with imperfect people, but I still choose to belong to the local church because the local church is the hope for our world. And so that's fellowship at its basic level, which is membership, choosing to belong, choosing to belong to the family of God. The second level of fellowship, uh, for fellowship is what's called friendship. And this is when you go a little deeper into the family of God, friendship. And that's doing life together, doing life together. In Genesis chapter 2, Adam is made in the image of God. And then God steps back. And he makes an interesting observation. Listen to what God says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. God says this. He says, it is not good that man should be alone. And he says, I will make him a helper as his partner. And the point is that we were created for relationships. We need each other. We need friends. And when I say friends, I don't mean our Facebook friends. In my opinion, most of our Facebook friends are really acquaintances. Huge difference, big difference between acquaintances and friends. Acquaintances, they watch from a distance. But friends, they share the journey with you. They share the journey with you. In the movie, The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, she's on a journey to see the wizard. And it's a long and tough and treacherous journey. And along the way, she meets some friends. And they make that long and treacherous and tough journey together. We are also on a journey. We are on a journey to see the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's a tough and long and treacherous journey. And along the way, we'll experience pain and brokenness and hurt and suffering and broken dreams and fears and failures. And some of us will try to do it alone. We'll try to carry that heavy weight alone. And the Bible says, don't do it. Don't go it alone. Don't carry that heavy weight alone. Listen to what Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says. It says this. It says, two. Two people, two individuals, two friends, a small group, an ohana. Two are better than one 
because they have a good return for their labor. For if they should fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to lift him up. We need each other. And that's why we push small groups so hard. That's why we make such a big deal about small groups. That's why we have over 15 small groups for you to choose from. It's because in small groups, you experience fellowship. You develop friendships. You do life together. You weather the storms of life as well as celebrate the joys of life. But you do it together. And so I have one big ask this morning, only one ask, one request of you this morning. And my request and my ask this morning is this. Would you try out a small group one time, sometime this week, just one time? Try out a small group. If you don't like it, I won't bother you ever again. But I really believe in our small groups, and I really believe that we have amazing leaders, and I really believe that you will be blessed. So I encourage you, one time, try out a small group and do it this week. Fellowship is firstly membership, choosing to belong. And then it's friendship, doing life together. Now, the deepest level of fellowship is kinship. Kinship is a term that we don't use anymore. Kinship is a super old term. Kinship means your closest relationships, your closest family. When somebody gets into an accident, they say, notify the next of? Yep, kin. And what they mean is, you find the person that they care about the most, the person that is closest to them, the person that they hold most dear, the person that matters most to them, and you bring them here right now because they are next of kin. That's right. Kinship, that's the deepest level. It's loving believers like family. It's where you're fully committed to them, and they are fully committed to you. And the Bible says that that's the kind of attitude we should have towards one another. Listen to what John, a first John, we all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world. But not many of us know 1 John 3.16, which is just as important. Listen to what 1 John 3.16 says. It says this, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is the deepest level of fellowship. Sacrificing for each other. It's the kind of love that Jesus Christ had toward us 
when he died a painful and brutal death on the cross. Here in America today, we Christians are unfamiliar with this deepest level of fellowship. But all over the world, lots of Christians, they read that verse, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, and they get it. They get it because they are being persecuted for their faith. Did you know that worldwide, over 150,000 Christians every single year are murdered for believing in the name of Jesus Christ? Let that sink in. 150,000 Christians by the end of this year will have died for professing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And so they read this verse and they get it because they are laying down their lives for one another. A little over 100 years ago, in 1900, there was something called the Boxer Rebellion in China. There were missionaries in China, and the Chinese government wanted to kick out, wanted to get rid of all of these missionaries. And it was a horrible time. Missionaries were being hunted down and persecuted and murdered for their faith. It was a terrible time. There was a missionary couple a husband and a wife with their newborn baby boy. And in the cover of night, they tried to escape. And there were troops and soldiers all over the place. And they had nowhere to run. So they hid under a bridge. And it was snowing. And it was cold. And they knew that they weren't going to make it. And so this husband and wife took off all of their clothes and used it to wrap their little baby boy to protect him from the cold and the snow. The couple was found naked, frozen to death, cuddled around their little baby boy. The child was still alive. 22 years later, that child, who is now a young man, was taken to visit his mom and dad's grave. And the story was told to him. Your mom and your dad, they were missionaries. And they were trying to escape. But there were troops and soldiers all over the place, and they had nowhere to run, so they hid under a bridge. And it was snowing, and it was freezing cold, and your mom and your dad, they took off all of their clothes, and they put it around you so that you would be kept warm. Your mom and your dad was found naked, 
frozen to death, cuddled around you. And at that moment, that young man asked that everyone be excused. He wanted to be alone. And all alone, he took off all of his clothes and laid it on his mom and dad's grave. Then he knelt down before his mom and dad's grave and he made a commitment. He committed his life to become a missionary. And these kinds of stories are not uncommon. All, of the, all over the world, Christians read that verse and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. And they get it. And here in America today, it's hard for us to get to this deepest level of fellowship. And so how do we do that? Well, we do it by standing with other believers when they are going through a crisis. When everyone else walks out, you, you walk in. You see, God desires that we, would be, that we would be a people that would love each other well. Listen to what 1 Peter 2.17 says. It says this. It says, show special love for God's people. Why is that? Why show special favor for those who are part of the family of God? Here's why. Because God wants us to be known for our love more than anything else. Jesus said, our love for one another is our greatest witness to the world. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34. Jesus says this. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you Love one another. By this, it says, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. You see, when we love each other well, the world looks in and they take notice. And they'll say, wow, look at the way that Jessica loves people. She's a disciple of Jesus Christ. I can tell. Wow, look at the way that Maida loves people. She's a believer of Jesus Christ. I can tell. Wow. Look at the way that Bianca loves others. She's a follower of Jesus Christ. I can tell. You see, what we want the Salvation Army Croc Center Church to be known for is not our size or our sermons, or our music, or our strategies, or our facilities even, but our love. 
We want people to look in and say, wow, that's the place where they really love God and where they really love one another. Well, I thought I would end our time with a few movie clips. I thought that'd be fun. You guys like movies, right? Okay. But here's the deal. As you watch these movie clips, I want you to pay special attention to the fellowship that's taking place where fellowship is membership, choosing to belong, friendship, doing life together, and kinship, loving like family. Enjoy these movie clips. take the ring to Mordor. separate to you even when he is summoned to a secret council and you are not. Wait, we're coming too! That's to send his own tied up in a sack to stuff it. Anyway, you need people of intelligence on this sort of mission. Quest. Thank you. Well, that rules you out. Think about it! It's not gonna hold us both! What? 
How you doing, son? He ain't all right. He all right? He's uh, How's he doing? Not too good. Not too good. Now, how's he doing? How bad is it? How bad is it? He's paralyzed from the waist down. Don't say that to me. Don't say that to me. Sorry, Mr. Dear. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He doesn't want to see anybody but you, Julius. Yes, ma'am. You are strong. Yes, ma'am. Those tears are not going to make my boy walk again. Only Ken's allowed in here. Alice. Are you blind? Don't you see the family resemblance? That's my brother. Nobody gets left behind or forgotten. <laughs> 